Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. He looked at me. I have been his patient for more than 20 years. And he said, this is really strange. You're an African-American, age 57. I've never seen this before. This back pain that you're continually having with no signs of osteoporosis. No signs, exactly. And I didn't have any signs of osteoporosis in my family history. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Back to the podcast. Let's welcome back Coach Nick Banstra, finally. We just talked for about an hour. That's a whole other podcast in itself. Uh, coach Banstra is still the head football coach at Northwestern High School from the last time. Host of Gap Down Backer podcast, one of his 15 podcasts, I think. And he's a proud yeah. Ohio University alumni. I wanted to throw that in there for you. Uh, welcome back. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I mean, two, only two. And really, I haven't filmed. I, I need to film stuff for the kick and cover. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's there two bunch of YouTube videos. Um, and yes, I am a proud graduate. Um, I'm slowly working my way through the Ohio University staff on my podcast. Um, so we'll see how that goes. That's what I'm going to do too. One coach at a time. Yeah. Rudolph first, and then oh, we're moving on. I mean, Rudolph. Rudolph, like, uh, let's just be honest. Our two, the two gold mines, and for us are Rudolph and Arnett. I mean, they're yeah. they're the they're like they're they're the gold mines for podcasting. I mean, John Arnett should have his own podcast, like weekly podcast. Like the, the man is just a, a brilliant. Um, but that's a whole nother. I sent him a text the other day, and because um, I, I I edited our podcast, which 
will come out uh, December 27th. So I don't know when this is coming out, but that that's when it what is in there. Um, and I'll read this verbatim because I don't because I truly believe this. Um, I, I I said I sent him a text after that after editing that and said one you'll make a good head coach. Two if if I was in a high school coach in Texas or college coach in Texas I would hire him immediately. And three he's smart as. And then I had finished out with an expletive, which I'm not going to repeat right now. Um, but, I mean, I truly believe that. I mean, he is brilliant, and he's just a, a good human being. So, um, I think either one of those, I know you've had Arnett on some. I know you've had Rudolph on some, so have I. And um, I think they're just – I mean, if you just want to listen to people who've lived life and are just smart, those are two people. It's not even that football part. Rudolph – says things very calmly. Like if I asked him a question, he'll like describe it very well. Arnett makes you want to run through a wall. Mm-hmm. Like after he's done. Like, I don't understand how, I mean, really both of them should be head coaches right now. I mean, I, I truly believe that. Um, but like focusing on Arnett, I mean, how he's not a head coach at a high school in Texas. I don't know. just confuses me. Cause I mean, he's, I mean, his offensive lines are good. He's smart. He's articulate. Um, and then, like I said, Rudolph is just well-versed, experienced, and, again, also gets the best out of his players. And he's loved by his kids. So, I mean, like I said, love both of them. Uh, they're both great podcast guests for both of us. Um, but, yeah. So, I haven't talked to Coach Banster all football season, and we talked a little bit. It was a rough season. We don't have to go too much. But you were a first-year head coach. My question, because I didn't get to talk to you much when you were getting the job because we were doing Sheffer's podcast a lot. You know, you're doing a lot of things. What was something when you came into that job? I always wanted to know. What When you came in, what was like, okay, this is the first thing I'm doing? Like culture, leadership. What was something you're like, this is what I'm doing first? One of the first well, things I had to do. Part of it was I got hired late. So that kind of hampered a lot of the stuff I wanted to do. And hindsight, I would still just do it anyways, and I didn't. Um, that's my mistake. I, ma- I made a lot of mistakes, and you learn from them, and um, we'll see what happens over the course of the coming year. Um, but, I mean, w- obviously I met with the team early. The thing I pushed was numbers and weight room. Um, I was making phone calls. I was calling people. I was trying to get everybody. In. When I got hired, there was 28 people that showed up. For, for high school, I'm not, I'm not, the middle school was a whole other concept, but I had really that first week 28 football kids for a division four school in our state's not very good. Um, by the end of the football season, we were at 42. I'm hoping to be somewhere between 50 and 60 next year with a small, because we have a really small senior class. Um, I have pushed numbers like no other. I have pushed the weight room like no other. That's been my focus. Um, there, there's a lot of mistakes that were made. Uh, there's a lot of things I've learned. Um, there's a lot of things getting fixed. Um, I had a defensive staff meeting today um, with three of my current coaches and one new one that I'm hiring. Um, I have good support, um, and we'll, we'll see where it goes. I mean, we had winter lifting today. I just opened it up for anybody that wants to come in. Got some kids in. Got what I expected. It's not like Tanner Tigard, who's pulling in 30 on the first day of winter lifting, but it was a solid number and we're, we're getting there. We have the exact same problem with 
weight room. It's I don't know why kids don't buy into the weight room all the time, unless you're a good program, you know, like historically. But to get these kids in a weight room. Now, do you guys have like an athletic PE for weight room or is it just trying to do in practice? So a couple things on that. One, my incoming freshman class is bought in, which I love. Like I I have a core group of kids, freshmen, sophomore, who will be freshmen, sophomores next year that bought 100% in what we're doing weight room wise. They're in there like most of the kids I had today were – are either going to be freshmen or sophomores next year. They're in. Like, I made an emphasis during the season. I made sure our 7th and 8th grade team lifted at least once a week during the season. That they that that buy-in has happened, and, and I'm ecstatic about that. We have technically two weight rooms on our property. One that's in our school. We don't use that one. Um, that's really basketball, volleyball, and gym use that. Um, and, Yeah. Um, we have an athletic facility. I will say I am very blessed to have probably some of the best facilities in our county. Um, and I will argue with anybody. I, I think if we get turf, we will have the best facilities. Um, that's a whole nerd discussion. Um, but we have a whole athletic facility. We have a really, we have a fairly large weight room. Do I wish it was a little bit bigger? Um, yes, because we're starting to get numbers in there and it's pushing room. I mean, anytime you increase numbers, you're, you're going to find out where your space limitations are. Um, but I, I will be, very, I'm very thankful of where the athletic boosters put together before I got there. I mean, this was built a couple of years ago and it's a fantastic facility. Um, so we're able to, we're outside, we're away from everybody. Uh, we got five or six full racks, which are double sided, a lot, very large room. Um, it, I mean, but it is, it is hard. And I, I think part, part of it is you got to get other coaches and other sports to buy in the weight room. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say this, our, track throwing coach is a hundred percent pro weight room and he's in there and he's got girl he's got health his girls are in there busting their butts and it's it's he does a fantastic job i love our throwing coach he's great uh our wrestling coach who's new as well has bought into the weight room um it helps one of my football coaches is one of his assistants um i i've had conversations with our softball and girls soccer coaches about lifting and getting them to buy in. It's, it's, I mean, it's uh, our baseball coach is fair so far been uh, fairly good about sending some of his kids out there, make sure they're lift. His son will be one, one of my freshmen next year. And he's, he's in the weight room two to three times a week with us. Um, so we've gotten some buy-in. It's going to take some time to fully change that. I still got some kids who ain't mandatory, so I ain't going to be there, but whatever. Um, when 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 a, when a freshman or sophomore passes you because they're in there year round, then that's what happens. I mean, that's how you learn. Yeah, I mess with technology here, so don't don't mind me. You're good. Yeah, we all know my technology difficulties here. Uh, that's one thing at our high because I coach at two different high schools, but I work at what the one I coach football I work at now. Our strength and conditioning coach. I think is finally getting pushed through an athletic PE so teams can go lift during the day. And then you could talk sports with them. But every coach has bought into the weight room, basketball, uh, track. Like you said, they're buying into it, so we're trying to change it all. But that was the big one. We're dealing with the same thing you are. School of 2,000 kids, and one time they had 25 kids in the weight room. Not very good. And – but we're trying to change it. But we only had forty or so on the varsity team, so that's we're, we're we're the same exact boat. We're pushing numbers. We're pushing this. COVID hurt a lot. Oh yeah, in Illinois even like a lot. 
because well, we had those conversations when you guys where you guys were throughout that period. We and you would message each other all the time. Um, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, we've lost time. It sucks. Um, but it, I mean, just got to push forward uh, and just create buy-in. That's the best thing we can do right now. I just created. I mean, I'm not complaining the aspect that we played. I'm more complaining about. I just feel bad for kids. I'm not going to get too deep into it. Just you just saw burnt out, burnout in some kids, and you couldn't blame them. Hell, yeah. I was burnout. I'm still burnout. I got gray hairs popping up in this beard left and right because the burnout is real. This Christmas break is going to be the best thing that's ever happened. Um, so you, you push numbers, you push weight room. Um, and I know during when you got the job, you're a big culture person. Were you able to do much culture stuff because of the number situations? I, I did some, and I, in hindsight, I didn't like how I did it. I think I did it. I did it poorly. I didn't do it the way I needed to do it. Um, I needed a better plan, and I think I think I'm starting to implement what I want now. So we we put together a leadership council um, for our kids. Um, I had them vote at the end of the season, um, and I have kids that are currently eighth graders through eleventh graders on there. Um, I hate the all senior stuff. So and that's class of small anyways. Um, so I have representation from all of them. And that's where we're starting to do stuff. I'm going to buy a lot of apparel here soon. Uh, we talk about things. Um, but we're hitting there. I, like I said, it's it's going to take time. And I, and I think and I'm, get, and I'm getting my assistance also where I need them culturally too. It's a change. Um, it's also hard to create just staff camaraderie in two months. I mean, it, it's a whole offseason. I mean – there, there's that there's that conversation about clinics and whether they're actually useful and a lot of college coaches instead do film study and meet like with staffs individually i what i i think clinics are useful and hell i produce a lot of them but um what in-person clinics i think do better than anything it's for staff camaraderie mm-hmm. um yes you have individual pers- professional development there's things you can pick up from clinics and you should try to pick some one thing from every clinic but the ability to go away as a staff, to get together, to do things. I think that is a paramount thing, especially at high school. I mean, because college, you're with these people all day long anyways. Like, you're going to build staff camaraderie. At high school, you're not. Some of these people don't work in your building. Well, it all depends on state. But some people don't work in your building. Some work different jobs. Like, it's it's it, it's an interesting dynamic. So, I think that's kind of where we're shifting to. And um, I'm very looking forward to – in-person clinics like obviously we have our state clinic coming up which i'm working trying to see if our state association needs anything obviously i I was a big part of that last year um and in setting that up me and coach bartley were kind of the two that led the charge and getting all those speakers um there what then i'm probably gonna go to cincinnati glazier i don't think i'll stay at a hotel but i'll at least drive down it's only about an hour from here every day so it ain't too bad um, we're talking about either going to Chicago or Nashville's Glacier and staying in a hotel there. Um, and then I know Kenny Simpson's doing some stuff. I might try to pop in for one in like Cincinnati or something. I haven't really decided on that one yet. I'm talking to my staff about that. Um, and then I, 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 I'm probably going to try to visit a college or two. I uh, may take half my staff for summer in there. Um, I would love to go down to Ohio University, obviously. It's my alma mater. Athens is beautiful. Um, and I just, I get along with a lot of their coaches very well. They're good people. Um, 
So that's kind of where I'm at on that. I think I think that's kind of one of my big focal points of staff camaraderie, um, and then kind of building from there. Uh, we're having a lot of talks right now with our leadership council about leadership, kind of what that looks like. Uh, we're le- reading. I don't even, oh God, I always forget the exact name. Um, Jeff Sampson's Jeff Jansen's the team captain's leadership manual. I, I, we used it at Fairborn uh, one year. I'm using it here. Um, I think it's a good resource. We're, it's a week by week process. We split actually really week one into two weeks. Um, but it talks about what leadership is, what it looks like. And then we also talk about some other things. Okay. I changed the color of our helmet, what we want on the helmet. Um, what are your thoughts on X, Y, Z? Um, you need to talk to so-and-so because I tell them I'm pretty much done with them and fed up with them. So you guys need to have some of these mm-hmm. conversations. Um, cause yeah, I, I, we're going to win some football games next year. It ain't going to be like this year. I, I, it, we will turn this around. Um, and then we just have other just meet conversations. Um, could be about school, could be about grades, could be about lifting, could it be whatever. I always give them an open form at the end. If there's any problems, speak up now. Um, we really haven't brought up too much, but they're, they're going to come. I know they will. Um, but that's kind of where we're at. And um, we kind of just – I've kind of taken on the mantra, play for 11. Um, has kind of become my mantra. Play for the 11 on the field, 11 hats the ball, play for an 11th game. Um, it's kind of a threefold thing right now. That's kind of our mantra with our program is, I mean, I, I mean, we, we get 16 teams in a region that make the playoffs. So really in our, in our region, you need to four win four and six might get you in five and five probably gets you in six and four guarantees you in seven, eight games. You're talking about a home game. Um, so that's kind of been out of 20, whatever team, 28 teams. I don't even know what it is. That's been my mantra. Play for 11. Let's play for an 11th, 11th football game. Let's 11 hats of the ball. Play for the 11 on the field. 11 units is one. Um, everybody do their job. Um, and that's kind of where my focus has been. Um, and I've had, and the kids are starting to buy into what we're doing. I mean, we're going to have six home games. I would love to get a seventh if we can get a top eight seed. Um, and that's kind of our focal point is is play for eleven. Uh, if you go to Chicago, let me know because that's probably right down the street. It's the Oak Brook yeah. one, right? And Oak Brook. Yeah, I went to the Chicago one a couple of years ago. I, I thought it was good. I'm just, I'm not overly impressed with the Glacier lineups right now. Yeah, yeah. I, I and they they're changing, and it's just. I just remember them being better. I don't know. I maybe my my standard has risen since because of Granddaddy, because of me, because of Cheap Pigs getting to a point, because of the fourteen other YouTube channels that have stuff on them. Um, even like private stuff, like John Arnett had a bunch of O line clinics during COVID, like private group things with a lot of text coaches. I got to sit on like. I mean, my standard is high. It is, and I don't have time for it. And I have a lot of re- – I mean, this is not me trying to showboat by any means. I, you, know, you know I don't like doing that. I don't like talking about myself. Um, that's. I mean, I got to do a clinic next month, and I really don't want to do it. But I'm doing it because a friend's asked me to. I don't like talking in front of people. Um, but I have, re- I have decent resources, so if I need film, I probably can get it. So, like, my standard is higher than other people for clinics. Um, 
I'm I like state clinic. I'm gonna go to because I'm gonna start support my state association. That that I will go to no matter what. I'll probably end up working it because um, I care about the state of our athletics in our state. Mm-hmm. Laser needs to pick up their game. Um, be, like the vault's better. I'll give them that. The vault sucked when they brought it out. It's much okay. better than what it was. I'll give them that credit. It's it's, it's improved. It's still not where I think it could be. Um, but again, I also have high standards. I compare I compare every website. This is probably not a good comparison to Netflix because um, Netflix is horrible as their selection has become. Uh-huh. Their setup is great. It's easy to find stuff. Everything's sorted. You can save stuff. It Everything picks up exactly where you left off at. Great. Um, and that's why I compare everything to, and theirs is not that. And that's also part of my problem with Coach 2 because it doesn't save exactly where – I stop. It's mm-hmm. if you leave a section, you finish that section, which I have a problem with too. But that's one of our conversations. Um, that's where YouTube's also pretty good. YouTube is exactly where you left off at. Um, so, like I said, I have high standards for things. Um, this is a whole other set of rants. But um, like I said, and we'll see. Um, I'm trying to figure out where I want to go. I think we'll probably end up going to Chicago. As much as I would love to go to Nashville, because I just love the city. It's a great place, great time. Um, but we'll kind of see where speakers end up. Um, if I could take more time off, I would probably go somewhere a little farther. Um, I would love to go to the Vegas one, and not because it's Vegas, but because it's far away. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I want to get away. Um, and also give me a chance to meet one of my buddies who's in Utah. Um, then I would love to go to like, Charlotte or New Orleans. Like, just, I, like, I, I just go away, like, to warm weather. Um, because it's like 40 degrees outside and I don't like the cold. I'm just saying, if you go, let me know. Cause it's right. It's 18 minutes down the street where that hotel is. What was, I don't remember what, what was the date on that one? There's two of them. Yeah. I was thinking this, this, the first one's like a combination one that I didn't care about. Um, and the second one has Jim Knowles, who I really like, who I've had on my channel, by the way. If anybody wants to look that up, Jim Knowles, uh, one of the few people I've had him on so far. Um, it's the March 4th one, March 4th through 6th. Yeah, see, I'll be done with basketball. I'll see, there we go. Yeah, like, because the other one's like football and track, and I, no hating on track. I think track's a very good resource. Um, but. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Shopify presents cool sheets from aha to lying awake while you bake isn't cool. I suffered from the wrong kind of hot in bed, heat induced insomnia. That was my aha moment. Bed sheets that keep you cool. Then I thought, how do I even sell bed sheets? That's when I had the idea that made it all possible. Signing up on Shopify. With the help of Shopify's intuitive online store creator, I started selling sustainable bamboo sheets that keep cool year-round. And my cool idea became a reality. Hot sleepers around the world rejoice. 
Shopify makes it simple to keep your cool while starting and growing your business. Start selling with Shopify today and join the commerce platform powering millions of businesses worldwide. From aha to anything is possible. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. You know, I'm now looking at the that one. And they have some good. Yeah, they actually have a decent lineup for that one. Yeah, I think the February one's not very good. Yeah. Well, just I don't know. I'm just, I'm just picky. I'm just. Yeah, if it's in Oak Brook, I can go. If it's in the city, forget that. I'm not going to the city. No, they're they're usually they're usually in like the nicer. I mean. Oh yeah, Oak Brook is. I don't care if it's on the podcast. Oak Brook is pinkies up type of people. That's where they put it. So it's. Pretty nice. Yeah, it's Oak Brook. So, yep. I mean, it's, if it's one I've been to before, if it's the same location, it's a nice hotel, nice yep. area. Yep. Um, but yeah. it's a little bit I mean, away from everything, and then right down the street, you have this main strip where there's a bunch of restaurants. Yeah. Also, yeah. like, like, that's yeah. I'm just. It, it's also I think a lot of us are dealing with burnout, and it's I need to get away. Um, that's why I'm going to Texas next week. Is obviously visit family, but just to get away, it needs to. I went to the Cincinnati one, 2016. Yeah, and I liked it. I liked it, but you're right. the The best they had a good lineup. I can't remember everybody, but the best time was we left, walked down the street, went around this corner, found this restaurant. You know, where coaches go afterwards, you know, they go out and yeah. do stuff. And every speaker was there, this hole-in-the-wall place. And that was the best. And I'll tell you this, you want to talk about Kiffin, this coach that was there. He coaches in Georgia. He's a high school coach. Tells us how he makes like a hundred-some thousand dollars a year just coaching high school ball. And he talks about how he's friends with Lane Kiffin. And we didn't believe him. Pulls out his phone and calls him. Right there, and he goes, "Can I want you to say hi to these coaches?" And he was like, "Hi," and then you could hear him go, "Like, what the hell am I doing?" <laughs> like that was kind of his thing. Like, what am I doing? But like, those are the best that we walked in. It was just a hole in the wall place. We walked in. Every speaker was there. You had your own one, yeah. sit down one on one with them, and those are the best with in person clinics. The oh yeah, hundred percent. Like it's just, I mean. I, I and I and I get some of these college coaches don't want to answer every question known to man. And I think that's where us as guests need to be smarter. Um, like, let's be let's not harass our speakers. But I think that's where some of these coaches do a really good job of being personable and uh, being involved in stuff. Um, yeah, and going back to like my standard. I know a lot of people, so if I have a question, I just text or call them. Um, like, I mean, we, I mean, Alan Rudolph is a, I'm not going to say we're like close friends, but he's a friend of mine. Um, and if, if I have a question, he usually gets back to me when he can. Like, I mean, that's, I mean, I sent Coach Vass a question during the season. He got back to me. I mean, there, there's good people in our profession. As long as you're not, don't ask them dumb questions. Or and you don't be a holes to them, they'll usually be good to you. Like that's just a fact of it. Like that's why I don't ask Vass any questions because I'm afraid. 
I am a fool. Oh, I, I, like I said, I didn't go like super articulate with it. Like again, when I had him on my podcast, we didn't go super deep into some stuff because I'm not that smart. Like, like I think Arnett, if I were to send him a message, no matter how dumb it would be, he would answer it in the best way ever. If I sent Vass a message, I'd be afraid. I'd be like, Steve, this is dumb. This is the dumbest question you could probably ask this guy. I mean, it's it is what it is. I mean, that's. I mean, not. If you want to get smarter, listen to Vass's stuff. That's not, I mean, that's the easiest way to to, to say it is. I'm going to sit down over this break and over this trip to Texas and listen to probably I have like four or five of his podcast circle to listen to. Um, because I want to, I, I, I'm, 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 how do I want to say this? There, there was a, there, there were some events that happened towards my end of my tenure at Fairborn that really hurt some of my desire. Um, I'm not going to get too onto him in podcasts or some things that it's Yeah whatever. Um, but I've got a renewed vigor for certain things mm-hmm. like game point. Like I, I, like I got really big into culture and that's, that was kind of my focal point first year at Northwestern. Okay. We introduced basic schemes and now I've hired some really good coaches who can coordinate and handle, and we can develop our schemes even further. Um, and I've got really back into, I'm going back to my roots on defense um, there are certain things I'm really interested in right now that I'm getting heavy into, and it's, it's exciting. Um, like, I mean, I'm putting together this new defensive playbook, and I'm excited. Like, we spoke for an hour and a half on defense and putting talking fronts and coverages, and it, it was a good time. Um, I mean, yeah. So, Nope, I was in the same boat years ago. I was never going to coach again, and then I didn't, and then I did. And yeah. I'll, I'll say right now, Coach Walters, he coaches at Glombard East up here in the suburbs. To me, he's the best high, uh, high school coach in the state of Illinois just because of things that he does. Yeah. I've seen him retake a program that had made a playoff since 1999. And when I got there, we went 9-0 and in 2018. Not made the playoffs since 1999, we made the playoffs. Win a first-round playoff game, go 10-0. and Then we saw East St. Louis second round, and that was it. That was enough. <laughs> it was over. Then the next year they go eight and one. The next year they in the in the COVID year I think they went five and one. Then they go seven and two this year. So like he's got it rolling. So I learned some things, and I've taken pieces everywhere I've gone ever since then. And he loves it, loves it. I I've implemented it. Uh, where it involves weight room, if it involves uh, if you want to talk about culture and like attendance, they had to earn their stickers on their helmets certain percentages of getting there, uh, team dinners. Those are big culture things, getting the team together. He he did that they never did. Um, play music at practice. I never seen that until he did. They bring a speaker out and he's like, we can't be old school. We have to adapt to what they do. And I'm the old school guy. Like get that freaking speaker out of here and like break it. Cause we don't need music playing. Nope. He's like, we'll play music. Uh, they earn their stickers. Uh, I think it's the third or fourth day of practice when the season starts. They travel and go do something overnight and practice somewhere else. Uh, it's really cool. Uh, just big culture stuff. And I've taken it wherever I went. Um, there's something else I was going to ask you. So, 
you're going back to your roots, that means I can expect you to run wing T next year. Is this the roots we're talking no. about? Well, I mean, if you go to my roots, my roots would have been um, bad inside zone, uh, <laughs> th- 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 throwing like crazy, um, and a 7-1 diamond defense. Um, I'm not going that back to my roots if I went back to my first year, two years at coaching. Um, Did you hire Bennett to come put in the pistol wing tee? No. I started to watch no, that one today, just so you know. I started to watch it. Thank you. That, yeah, we God, we filmed that back in – I'd have to look at the thing date for when we actually filmed that. Um, but, yeah, I mean – and part of it was intentional not to post on there because he, they hadn't run the double wing package yet, and he wanted me to like wait a little bit. And so I was like, you know what? I'll just I'll just set it for December. Mm-hmm. That way the season's over. We, there's there's no hint at it, and that's and 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 to a point like I get like there's no really hiding scheme anymore. Um, it's now play calling is the great equalizer, as one of my upcoming podcasts is titled. Check that in January. Um, I'm plugging like crazy today. If you can't, t- I've just become shameless. At it. You won't get any uh, more listeners being on my podcast. It's not. It- um, but, um, but there's still stuff I'm saving. We're putting together. I don't want to give away my hand too much yet. Um, but no, there, there there's going to be some instrumental changes scheme wise, culture wise, how we practice, um, I'm, I'm in the middle of a watch. Like I'm watching a lot of stuff right now, more than I probably have in years. Um, and so I'm, I'm listening to. I put it out. Uh, Ken, the new offense coordinator at Oregon. Um, I, I asked for his number on Twitter the other day, which I still haven't got. So if anybody knows, um, again, you're not going to get anything from me. I'm not billing him. You never know. Uh, Ken Dillingham, uh, he was the offensive coordinator at FSU. I'm listening to his clinic right now on both ball security, but also how their week is broken down. I'm very int- I, I like you're, I, I'm gonna put out some YouTube videos here soon asking about how people structure their week because I'm very there's got to be a better way. I think there's always a better way to think things, and I think in reading Cody Alexander's Anger Points book, if you're stat- static, you're dead, static equals death. And I think that's where we kind of got to change. I don't think I have that one. No, uh, it, it, it's I like I am. I am about. I'm, I'm on page ninety-eight of two hundred and ninety something. Uh, it might be one of the best books I've ever read. And I'm not doing that to like plug anything, Cody's. Like it's I'm not getting paid for any of it. Um, but it's a fantastic book. It's a simple read. Um, I do shameless plugs all the time. Coach Max hat. If I ever wear it, I go, Hey, just go check yeah. it out. Uh, so I know when I was at a school, speaking of reading books, we made them read extreme ownership. That was a good one for them. Extreme ownership. Yeah. We did that our third year at Fairborn. Um, like I said, there's some good, I mean, it really depends. I'll probably cycle my, I think my plant, my leadership council is a cycle through like four books. So one, a different one each year. That way um, new people on the council don't have to read the same. Don't old people don't have to adjust to new people. Like just, it's a cycle through, I think is where we're going to kind of head towards. Um, 
I'm also actively, while we're talking, putting in uh, lifting and conditions into our team calendar. So I'm probably aggravating about half my kids and coaches because they're getting notification after notification because it's not notifications every time I put something in the calendar. Beautiful. Another good um, one. I'm a, I, this podcast will go off the rails. You're not going to get anything off, off of this. Um, another good book I read that maybe called Relentless. It's by Tim Grover. He, he, I've heard of it, yeah. He trained Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant and Dwayne Wade. Um, it's a good one. That'd be a good one to read talking about that. Talking about who, like if you're a cleaner, if you're like, he, he defines people like Kobe and Dwayne Wade and, and Michael Jordan are this label. And this is why they're the best. And then LeBron James is this. And he talked, so I liked it because he said LeBron James wasn't this, but he goes deeper into that. It wasn't all like, we're going to talk crap about LeBron James. It was him seeing these guys up close and personal of all this stuff. Or, of course, Nick Saban making of a coach. That's a good one. Yeah. I mean, that's what it is. I'm just, so. I'm just looking. And, of course, at Odron's book, poor Ed. If somebody can give me his number. I don't care. I will dive deep into that one. God bless that man. Like, I mean, I mean, he just, I mean, he it just, he hired people that weren't the right fits for what they were doing. I mean, that's just. I mean, I'm not saying they're bad coaches who he hired. They just weren't a fit for what they were doing, and it just wasn't successful. And the other thing is we, the standard is higher. I mean, when you win national title, the expectation becomes you keep winning national titles. I mean, that's the expectation. There isn't – this isn't yeah, – I mean – but when you've got 20 injuries as well, that did not help. I, I, re- I remember they put up a thing, and he was like, oh, he's out eight defensive players. He's out – two offensive linemen, he's out this receiver, and I'm like, oh, my God. And then they get Kelly. Uh, what the hell are you doing? That I, I didn't see that coming in all honesty. That was a panic hire. That's what I call an old-fashioned panic. But did you see what they offered Jimbo before they moved on to him? They offered Jimbo like $120 million over the course of like whatever, 10 years or whatever, yeah. and they turned that down. And so, I mean, they really got Kelly on the cheap, but it was also a, a reaction to losing out on Riley, who took the USC job. That's when you lose to Riley, and you lose out on Kiffin because he signed the extension. Um, they, and you lost out Mel Tech, Mel Tucker, and you lost out on Ronda. Yep. Like your top four to five candidates were all gone. Cristobal didn't want to leave unless it was to Miami. Yeah, that's the only place I, – I, I, I think that's the only place he would have left Oregon for was Miami. Uh, yeah, I call that an old-fashioned panic hire. And then you see the video with him and the quarterback dancing, and I'm like, oh, my God, this is what we've come to. That has become my favorite video. I I don't know what that is, and I don't know if that's good or bad for recruiting, but that might be one of the best things I've ever seen in my entire life. I love it. I have I nightmares. Mean, it is beautiful. It made my day. We we had that in the group chat, and we were just losing our mind. It was one of the greatest things I've ever seen in I my entire even, life. I couldn't even send it in a text to the coaches. I was like, I don't want you guys to even look at this. It's so terrible. Then I walk in, like, and they're it, like, Steve, did you see this? It, it is. I mean, he earned his his $100 million right there with that. <laughs> Jesus like, that is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. Like, I don't – Enjoy those public funds because that is just beautiful. Oh my god! 
I can't wait for Coach Sheffer to start his backup because this these conversations with all that's going to be. Uh, I'll be prepared because I do those weekly podcasts. I dive deep. I look at shit. And I'm like, I'm ready to go if he starts it up. Yeah, I mean, not UTSA uh, stuff. That's all you. But the rest of it, going into that yeah. game with Illinois, I told my two <laughs> friends, our Illinois fans, I said, listen, don't be shocked if Illinois loses. And they said, why? And I said, because Coach Banstra on here gave us reasons as to why. Yeah. And I'm looking at the roster. I think that one wide receiver went to Texas and yeah. transferred. I was like, that guy's going to kick our ass. And by God, it did. Yeah. I, I, I like. I mean, people thought I was crazy, but I'm like, Jeff Trailer is a fantastic football coach. Like, he's just good. He's got good staff. They recruit well. They have good facility. Like, it's a sleeping giant. Like, I mean, I, I'm sad they lost that game at towards the end of the year, but it is what it is. But, um, like it, they they built. He's built something there, and I love like. That is like, I mean, that is a dream job for me to to be able to like UTS UTSA and like Texas State, which are rivals, ironically. But I love those two parts of Texas. They're just, it's you're not too close to the ocean, so it's not too humid. The people are fantastic. The food is great. The weather's amazing. Like it's just, it's like that that belt of towns between San Antonio and Austin are just amazing. We we were thinking about going to Texas for the convention. We just I, I just wish the convention wasn't during the middle of the week. Right, that that's like, the issue. I don't I don't I'd have to use all my personal days right in my one PD day there immediately, and it's just like like that's why like that's where COVID sucked because that one was going to be in like Lexington. Yeah, so it's close and like it, it would have been doable, but whatever. Um. They need to put one like either in Indianapolis or Columbus. That's where they need to do them. Because um, neither one of those are bad drives for me. No, it wouldn't be bad for us either because we'd have to get plane tickets. But if it's like in Ohio or something, we could just drive. We can get a yeah. school vehicle and go. Like, And Indianapolis is just right down 70. Like it's not yeah. like a – It's I not mean, bad. No. Before I get this podcast two more off the rails – Uh. So with your kids, they had to play both ways, right? Like offense yes. and defense. So how did you structure your practice planning with that? Um, originally, it was uh, – so I'm just going to go in season. In season, it was originally uh, Mondays, mostly special teams and a little bit of both. Tuesday was offense. Wednesday was defense. Obviously, at the end of practice, you do a little bit. Thursday was rehash everything and do our Thursday. Um, as the season went on, it kind of split into 50, 50 Tuesday and Wednesday offensive defense. And I think that's really a better model. Um, I, 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 I'll say this. If I break 50 to 55 kids this year, like we have a chance to, I might be full to platoon mm-hmm. and just go like, I just, there's still going to be some kids that have to play both ways. Like we're not, our depth isn't there yet. We're still too young. Um, I think in our year that would be a doable thing. We're, we just uh, still have so much youth that I don't know if we're ready for 
that many one-way guys. If, I, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, yeah, because when I was at Lombardi's, I was talking about with Coach Walters, we had 53 on varsity, and we had just an offense, just a defense. But we had about four or five kids that would go learn the other thing. So if there was a yeah. moment in practice where they could – because it was a college practice. You walked in. This half was offense. This half was defense. The only time we saw each other was inside running team, and it was awesome. But there were times where, hey, if we're about to do an inside run or a team that's more defensive-minded for right now, they would go learn defense, and then when we got to the offensive part, they would come with us. And that was awesome. And those practices did not take very long. This year at the school I'm at now, we are not so fortunate to have that. So we did that where, like you guys did. where, But see, for us, Mondays were JV days, games. So you're talking about us coming in. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team, team Ready. ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. We couldn't do much because most of the kids went to play JV. So Monday was a... Film day where Steve yelled at them big time for something. Uh, it's a funny story. Every time we walk into a film session, I have to walk into my lineman, put my computer down, and I go, all right, is film personal? <laughs> no, it's not personal, Coach Steve. Is Coach Steve going to love you when we walk outside of this door? Yes, he's going to love us when they walk out the door. But is it going to be rough in here? Yes. And one time, a teacher had walked by, and I guess they went to the coach. Are those kids okay? There's somebody yelling. And they go, that's Steve. It's fine. It's all good. Uh, yeah, it was just heavy film and weightlifting. And then Tuesday, we split it 50-50. And Wednesday, we split it 50-50. But we tried really hard to make like a Tuesday of varsity offensive emphasis and the JV defensive emphasis. We tried really hard. But with the injuries we had, so we found what you did. 50-50 was the best way to go. There was no other way to do it. So I was just curious how you did it because I was like, that's what we had to do. When I was in high school, we did it where it was Tuesday all offense and Wednesday all defense, and I hated it. Hated it so much. And then how did you find weightlifting time? Would you do it after practice, before practice? Uh, so we would go immediately after school. So Monday, Wednesday in season, we lifted, uh, did a little bit Saturday too, but Monday, Wednesday, directly after school, they'd go to the athletic facility lift Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, yoga. Um, I, I mean, I don't know if that actually helped. I'd have to like 
because where we were strength wise, I'd have to see a full entire year of it. Um, but I was big on the stretching, the yoga. Um, also allowed coaches time to get there too. The ones that don't work in the building. Uh, my middle school did yoga on thir- on game day on their Thursdays, and then Fridays they would lift. Um, so our kid, so they, so Friday, our middle school kids would come in lift. And by the time they were done, our varsity kids would come in and do their yoga and stretching before we do get, get on a bus or do all of our pregame stuff. So, um, like I said, that became those became big focal points for me. So you're in control of the middle school too. Yeah, I have, I and I have great. My my middle school head coach is amazing. Um, he is fantastic. I love him to death. He's great at what he does and was fully supportive of everything we did. And so. Um, here they'd come in with my, one of my high school assistants. They'd lift, lift on Fridays, stretch on Thursdays, um, do their yogas. Um, I mean, obviously kids think yoga is a little goofy, but I'm like, it's good for you. Um, helps flexibility, helps stretching. So um, did you get to pick who ran the middle school or do they get to pick that? Um, I had full say over it. Um, I kind of, a vo- longtime volunteer that school had had, who's kind of helped everywhere and ran our youth organization at one point is who I kind of put in charge of. And he's done a great job. Um, just because I, I mean, most of the assistants by the time I got there were gone, uh-huh. uh, they, they were choosing not to coach or they'd taken our jobs. And um, so I kind of almost built from scratch. Was that one of the reasons why you wanted the job? Cause that was, that seems like a huge thing because like in Illinois, you don't have a say in a lot of that stuff. So you have to go meet with wherever and say, this is what we're doing. You need to do some of this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and it's a um, I don't know if that was a big reason why I took the job. I think that was a good factor. Well, so I mean, um, like, did you look at that and go, oh, like this could actually help yes. with the culture I mean, stuff? Typically like this inner city jobs or the school districts that have multiple middle schools and multiple high schools, you don't necessarily get that say. Um, but we're, I mean, we're pretty fortunate middle school, high school, or it's all one school district in one school district, mm-hmm. middle school, high school are together in the same building. Um, oh, wow. Okay. All right. So that kind of helps. Um, but that was, I mean, that was a conversation we had, um, in terms of staffing and what I was able to do. Um, and then I, like, I obviously talked to my administrators. Okay. What do you think about X, Y, Z? What can you tell me about him or this? I think it's a, I, I mean, you want to have control of your staff, but also I think you're dumb if you don't um, get key players' inputs on things. How uh, many kids go to your school then if the middle school's in there? Um, I say we're somewhere between, and this is boys and girls, um, one to 120 per class. So, I mean, we're probably talking – I mean, we probably have somewhere between six and 800 kids in our building. Oh. Uh, I'd be mindful of those kids go, like, to the career center. Some go to STEM. So not everybody's, like, in my building. Um, some kids are on half days. Um, so, I mean, our, like, 7 through 12, we're probably six to 800, but we probably have, I don't know, five to 600 in our building. So when I sit here and tell you we have 2,000, that's like mind-blowing. No, no, because I've coached – like that's D1 in our state. So I, I've okay. done that before. When I, when I was at Westland, we had 1,700 kids in our building. 
like in the building, not not counting what went to career center or STEM or whatever there. Like the wall, the the hallways were jam packed. There's staff members to this day I'd never met um, because we had so much staff. Um, but I mean that is what that is. It's not like mind blowing. I mean I, I did I did live in Texas for seven years and that's a whole other um, that's a whole other concept right there. Because at a school I was at before, they had four thousand. And I didn't work there, but I would be pulling into the school when they were getting out of school. And you want if you if I was three minutes off the time of pulling into that school, and all four thousand were leaving at the same time, you want to talk about you're going to sit there for a while. I can't tell you how many times I texted the head coach, "I'm here. I can see the school. I'm just stuck on the street because you got four thousand kids walking out." And there's a school we played this year. I think a great guy you could have, his name's Coach Grayson. He's a DC up here at Morton High School. I've had him on once. It was awkward. I've talked to him before, and then he gets this DC head job, and I'm like, you realize we play each other now, right? So, like, it was kind of weird. But it was a cool way to meet him for the first time, kicked our ass, because we had six kids get knocked out of the game. Uh, They pull from two high schools, and if they were to make the playoffs in Illinois – They'd be the biggest enrollment in Illinois. It'd be eight thousand. They pull from eight thousand kids for their football team, for their basketball team. Like, good lord in heaven! Now, see to me that I'm like, like that's an explosion because we have eight classes in Illinois. There's eight classes for football. Yeah. And then I think there's three or four for basketball and track, or maybe there's just three. That also never makes sense to me how one sport has that many and their sport has that many less. Like we have the same thing in our state and I'm just like, why? But whatever. Tell another. I don't know. Cause there's more, cause there's some schools that don't have football in Illinois. Like they just have basketball or just have baseball, but you do have a ton of schools in Illinois that co-op for football. So I don't know if that's why they, I, I don't, I don't know. And we don't have regions. We have conferences, which is fine with me because when you looked at regions, it was going to screw over the middle of Illinois and the southern Illinois. Like it was just going to screw everything up. But I just, I was thinking of enrollment. I was like 8,000 kids. It was crazy. That's more than the Chicago Public School. Like it was, they're right on the outskirts of the city too. Uh, and fun story about that school, real quick. When we played them last year in the spring, we couldn't use our headsets there. Because right behind the stadium, there's a whole line of like restaurants, and it would pick up the drive-through through the wireless headsets, so you couldn't use them. Fantastic! You would randomly hear like, "All right, that'll be ten twenty-nine," and you're like, "What the hell was that?" Because it would just pick it up. And then if you said something, I think I said like, "What the what the f?" And they're like, "Excuse me," because they could hear what we were saying through the thing through the drive-through. And I was like, "This is hilarious. This is like impractical joker stuff we could be doing right now, just like throwing stuff out there." Real funny. That is awesome. Uh, did you have to be an OC or a DC this year, or could you just be like? Yeah, the head I coach? had to call the offense, and I mean, there, I, I sucked at it. And I mean, there's a lot of things I have to do over scheme wise, and um, yeah, there, there's just a lot of things I do over. Um, it is what it is. Um, you kind of have to wear the hat because I didn't have. I, I, I didn't have anybody to bring. I mean, when you get hired June one, there. I mean, there's nobody really available. That's the thing. Um, so, and most people aren't going to leave their jobs June one, and I get that, and I respect it. 
uh, but it, it makes things hard. Um, I have tentatively hired an offensive coordinator for next year, and I'll announce that at, after the beginning of the year. Um, it was going to so, be me, but I turned it down. Yeah. I've asked you to come to Ohio. Um, you know that. Um, Not my decision. Yeah, I know. But, I mean, hell, I think I asked you after I got hired. I told you I could find you something. Um, but, I mean, it, it, I mean, I, I think I've put together a pretty good staff. Um, I'm not going to probably actively coordinate next year as of right now. I'll be, I'll have, be very involved in both sides of the ball, probably more defensively than anything, just because that's kind of where my current passions are. Um, I'm getting really excited listening to some but people and look, looking at some stuff. Um, and I, I think this Cody Alexander book on all honesty is one of the things that's helping. Um, the Anchor Points book has kind of been a very eye-opening for me um, in terms of just overall defense. Um, so we'll see. Um, and, I, and I'm divvying up more responsibilities that I kind of try to do too much on my own last year. And so it is what it is. The real reason why he didn't hire me, guys, is because I would have ran mesh 15 times in a row. I have no problem with mesh. I just – I would have ran yeah. mesh 15. I, I, I even installed Y cross towards the end of the year. Oh my God. We didn't, we, we didn't get there. We, we got there. We didn't run it. Well, I'm not going to say we didn't. And we threw the speed out more than anything, but it's another conversation. Um, I have no problem with mesh. If, if I, if I, if somebody knows how to teach it, you can run it. Um, I don't know mesh well enough to teach it. Um, like I don't, that's the thing. Like I'm not, I've talked to how mummy, but I ain't even remotely smart as how mummy. Um, so, like I said, I don't pretend to understand the mesh and the proper reads and all that lovely jibber jabber. Um, but I, the Y cross, I can understand. Y cross is not a complicated. I know you're going to tell me mesh isn't either, but Y cross is super, super easy. Like, oh, it's easy. It's if you want to talk about an intermediate yeah. throw to a long throw, Y, that that's the best. Especially if you're on. Yeah. No. I, Run smash on the backside of it, and it's just. Yeah. No, I mean, uh, why cross is easy? Like it's not, it's not a, not a rocket science concept. Yeah, you, so. you didn't want to hire me, guys, because I would have ran mesh or inside zone fifteen times in a row. Inside zone, no. I tried inside zone this year; it just didn't work. It doesn't work with our kids. We we struggled with it too, but it was. Yeah. It was. I mean, I don't pretend to be Alan Rudolph or John Arnett. Going back to them, like they, I mean, I bet if I if I could afford to hire one of those two, I bet we could probably run inside zone. But those two men have taught zone schemes for twenty plus years and are really good at what they do. Oh yeah, I I thought I knew inside zone, and then this year struggling with it, I'm like I, yeah, and then I, I want to deep dive more into it somehow and wide zone. I, I, it's not like I have like 85 clinics on my YouTube channel that you can I know I can, up. I can do that. But then a part of me is like, I need to talk to them personally, you know, just, 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 just visit Ohio university this spring, go, go, go there this spring and go and just talk to Alan at a practice and watch him teach it. I'm thinking about it. if I don't coach a uh, track this year, I mean, I'd, I would, I would go there. Um, who else runs inside zone? Like really well. That isn't like humongously big. 
I mean, most of the Mac schools run some variation of inside zone. Ball, actually, you know, you, you also need to go try to talk to Ball State's line coach. I want to um, talk to you, believe it or not, and you're going to laugh at me just because I'm a fan. I want to talk to you about more because they ran the. Sh- you don't have to curse. I can. They ran the shit of inside zone and wide zone. A shitload. Art Miller's the O line coach, right? He's the O line coach, and uh, Peterson from. He was a OC at App State. I, know. I, I, I don't know. I know Bart. I don't know him well. Uh, he's got a clinic on my channel. Um, yeah, he does power. What did he do on my channel? I think he did power. Uh, no, he did individual drill work and off-season development for offensive linemen. I got to meet him this summer, which was yeah. which was cool. I got to meet Bielema, which was cool. Big boy. But that's another guy I went on the podcast. I tweeted out about three times a month to someone to get him on there. I'll tell you this about Bielema. I don't know if I told you guys this last time. We're, we're just sitting there watching the O-line, D-line camp that they had. And all the coaches are running it besides him. You know, he's not running it. He's out doing something else. They had recruits there. I think he was showing the campus. We're sitting there watching. All of a sudden, we hear this voice echoing through the stadium. And we're like, what? what? And we, you could hear his voice before you saw him. His voice just carried. And he walked in. And we were like, that's a guy you don't want to see in a dark alleyway because he's a big guy. <laughs> Awkward, though. He has an Iowa the Iowa Hawkeye calf tattoo. So that was... Well, I mean, he did go there. I know, yeah, but, the, but still. I mean, I mean, I, I like I said, I, I was a little critical to hire initially. But, I mean, he seemed like he did everything correctly when he got hired. Reaching out to the state association, reaching out to high school coaches. Still, Inviting still people do. on campus. I mean, inviting people on campus. So, I mean, I don't know. Like I said... Time will tell. I mean, it's not an easy job, and it's not, especially given the current state of the conference when you have Mel Tucker, Ryan Day, James Franklin, Harbaugh, um, what's-his-face at Purdue, who's solid, yeah. uh, P.J. Fleck at Minnesota, Ferentz uh, at Iowa. Like, I mean, it's not – like there's some good coaches. They still do. Those coaches are required to call the coaches twice a month. Like, they're required to. Uh, he's flipped some Illinois recruits back. Uh, give about three more years, two or three more years, and I think they'll win about eight games, I think. Uh, just, we'll see. That's a whole, that's a chef or podcast topic where you you and Bennett can come after me for Illinois, but. I, well, I, like I said, I think they made, made a good hire. Like Besides the nine time, overtimes. The nine overtime game pissed me off. I'm like, would they just throw a touch like jesus i know but it i mean game management problems are going to happen like stuff's going to happen like that's life i mean how many times have nfl coaches been eviscerated on tv about well, no, we, just didn't have a, we just didn't have a quarterback i'm like jesus just just make the pass and that, that's not his fault either i no, mean it's not his fault i'm just like we need a quarterback it's something bad I mean, this is really his. I mean, I, I wouldn't even count this year as his first recruiting class because you're still so limited on scholarships because of COVID. Like, I mean, you're probably talking a whole nother year before he gets his first true class in. Yeah, his recruiting class right now is not bad, but they they're going to be young again. The whole line's leaving, but they've got. They had to recruit a lot of O-linemen. They have to get some wide receivers. 
Walter, that defense coordinator is going to leave here within two years. He'll be gone. Because he took that defense and just ramped it up. And they played much better. He'll be a head coach, guaranteed. That's a guy you could try to reach out to. You'll get an SEC or bigger, like Big Ten or Pac-12 school to poach him. Well, that's why, like, when the defense started playing better, did you see, like, immediately after we did pretty well, they gave him a contract extension. (laughs) They were like, we've got to pay him. And they did. You're still not going to match SEC money. I mean, that's... No, they just try to slow down the process of, like, if they're if he's going to get poached now. And they offered him the money, which Illinois never does. I will say that. Illinois would never have offered him more money, ever. Because they're cheap, and the state of Illinois sucks. But that's besides the point. Uh, what else was I going to ask you? Oh. I know. To slowly wrap it up, how do you feel about your Bengals being relevant? They still suck. They won last night, yesterday, didn't they? Or I, they no, I don't. I don't care. They, they're still horrible. I mean, they lost to the Jets and the Bears. I mean, that's. I mean, I, I'll say that along. Eight and six. That's great. It's beautiful. But they're horrible. Um, they're still not great. Uh, they can't run the ball. Uh, they have a bunch of injuries. Um, so yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm hoping they make the playoffs. Right now, it's going to be a struggle because their back into their schedule is brutal. And losing, and, and I know you're a Bears fan, but losing the the Bears and the Jets, I mean, they should be ten and four right now. Those are two teams you should not have lost to. You let the undrafted dude or seventh round draft dude throw four touchdowns on you and like 380 yards, and you let Bears who are abysmal, I mean, beat you. Oh, like you, the Bears are terrible. And they make no sense. Like you, you, lo- you, you lose to the Packers because you can't make a field goal. You beat the Ravens by thirty-eight points. Yeah. You demolish the Steelers as well, and then you beat the Broncos by just kicking field goals all night. Like it, and then you lose to the Jet. Like it makes no sense. Um, they're st- they, they're st- they, they've made some changes. I think the best thing they did was hire Frank Pollock back as their line coach. I mean, the offensive line is a little different than last year, but a lot of the improvements is because of him. I mean, that's just a short version. Frank Pollard is a, good, is a really good offensive line coach. Um, no, but, I mean, I'll – At least they're not I, 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 it, when, when they want a playoff game, talk to me. Hey, I get I'm, to see it in my lifetime. Um, so, that's when I, I will be – that's my standard right now, win a playoff game. It's not make the playoffs. It's not – not have a losing season. It's it's been thirty years, and I've yet to see a win. I hope the Bears fire Nagy, and then the Bengals hire Nagy as the OC. I mean, I don't really care. I mean, there, there's just too much that needs fixed. I mean, hey, at least Joe Burrow looks like a competent quarterback. Oh yeah, I mean, it helps when you have three really good athletes at wide receiver too. I mean. I, I compare their receiving core to when they had Chris Henry, Chad Johnson, and TJ Husmanzada. That's that's pretty oh, much. Yeah, that was deadly back in the day. And that's what they really have right now. Tyler Boyd is really just another version of TJ Husmanzada. Mm-hmm. He's really he's a very good route runner that catches ball. He's probably a little bit better athlete, I would guess. Um, Jamar Chase is like Chad Johnson. It's Chad Johnson 2.0. And. 
T. Higgins is just another version of Chris Henry. And you got, I mean, you had Rudy Johnson at running back. That's essentially what Mixon is at running back. I mean, again, what a playoff game. Hey, the Bears just have to win a game. So at least you're ahead. No, just I, I, I've raised my standards, Steve. Uh, we did in 2018 when we had the doink. We were like, okay, we got to take the next step. And then we don't. And then we think Justin Fields is the answer. You, you, got, you guys should never let what's his face go become a head coach of Denver. You should that you should have promoted him yep. immediately. Yep. It's what I said about Mike Zimmer when Mike Zimmer left the Bengals. Um Fangio. Yeah. I mean we should never let Lovey Smith go. Yeah. I mean yeah, but there's uh, there's also a, a thing of about staying somewhere too long. Yeah, but you go I 10 did. and 6 and you get fired. Well, Jim Caldwell went 10 6. He got fired. Look what the t- turn the Lions into. I mean, well, that's just the curse of the Lions. That's that's just. Yeah. I mean, you, you finally had. I mean, poor Jim Caldwell. That man deserves another shot. Um, and, and if the Jaguars don't hire Byron Leftwich, they need to hire Jim Caldwell. Oh, yeah. I was going to tell you to read Urban Meyer's book, but it might not mean the same. Yeah anymore I'm, I'm, I'm not going to express my opinion on urban meyer on a podcast i think you know what my opinion is i think i've put it in other conversations we've had i'm just going to say i feel vilified um and that's all i'm gonna leave on that conversation i just want everybody to know when i did the urban meyer my podcast topic is it time to move on i had a nice story about urban meyer that i made up about his night in his whiskey bar um, I, mean, I thought I'm it was funny. Not, I thought it was. Yeah. People go listen to it. I thought it was funny. I made it up. It was funny. I just, yeah, I, 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 I've said what I need on the man, and um, it is what it is. I call him Sticky Fingers. That's what I call him. I'm not getting you in trouble. I don't care if I get in trouble. Yeah. I'm not big time like you. I don't get in trouble. Just, it is what it is happen i just hope the jaguars find somebody that like i said i i hope it's byron Leftwich. i really do i think you would think that's that's who they would hire and then if it's not him it has to be to me jim caldwell jim caldwell is the definition of culture and you know, building a good program the right way you know who it's gonna um, be it's dan mullen they're, they're not gonna hire another college coach <laughs> but even though i saw a report today they've talked to jimbo fisher Oh my god! I couldn't. I didn't know if that was real or not. I saw a picture. I don't know if it's real or not, but it would be hilarious. My god! Why is everybody on Jimbo Fisher? I don't know. I don't like. I don't think he's that great. Oh. I'm not gonna get you in trouble because you have more of a college connection than I do. But I just don't think he's that good. I. I think Mike Leach is better. I know he won a national title. I don't really care, but I don't know. I, I just I don't. I think he's a good football coach. I just, yeah, I think he's a really good offensive mind. 
He looks like a dad doing taxes on the sideline. Yeah, I mean, he has that look. I mean, I had I had that, and I said, or a dad looking for the washer and dryer like uh, warranty. That's what it looks like on the sideline with his glasses and the folder. Yeah, I mean, but but I mean, I mean, his teams. I mean, they're just good, and I don't I don't know. I just it also comes down to fit, and I think he's a college coach. Yeah, he's not going to the NFL. Dan Mullen wants I mean, like, to. Pete Carroll was a pro coach before he went to USC. So, like, he that was already there. And honestly, I think if, if Irvin Meyer would have got fired, Dan Mullins was going to be the offense coordinator at Jacksonville next year. Oh, yeah. He doesn't want to do college no more. He doesn't want to recruit. Uh, coach so he'll end up, like, end up like Tom Herman and be a quality control coach for a year. He's on the Bears staff, isn't he? I think so. Yeah. That's He's why we suck. Yeah, that that's another problem. He, we were that close to him probably calling plays. Still are. Nagy's calling him right now. We're losing 10 to 3, if that tells you anything. I think you're still close. Because if Nagy got COVID and Laser was out, we'd have to deal with Herman calling plays, and I change my fandom, I'd become a Packers fan. That's how quickly I would have. Oh, don't go to Packers. Go to the dark side. Go to New England. Oh, speaking of which, at the time of this recording, Bennett is a Vikings fan. I forgot. <laughs> I have we're, we're losing 10-3 right now. I just I want the Vikings to win enough so Mike Zimmer keeps his job because I really like Mike Zimmer. The Vikings are just inconsistent with their quarterback play. Well, that's because Kirk Cousins is a eight and eight, nine and seven quarterback. He is not a playoff run quarterback. No, that's another guy I can never figure out. He's either Tom Brady esque or he is, you know, like I don't even know. Like it's just terrible. I mean, that's just, that's who they are. I mean, and the problem is they can't get another one because there's nobody in this upcoming class that's – I mean, this might be the worst – I mean, theoretically, if you listen to scouts, this is like the worst quarterback class in like 10 – since the Christian Ponder class. Yeah. I mean, it's that bad. So, I don't know. But don't worry. Napier will do a good job at Florida. I just I, I don't know if that's a good fit. Hey. I really don't like. I think I think Nate Pierce is a fantastic coach. I just don't like. I, I think the LSU would have been a better fit. I don't. Yeah, but I mean, I don't I, know. Just, someone said this to me, and I that. I know you have a family and probably have to go soon. But someone did say this to me. I didn't think about it. Did the athletic department of LSU scare people? Because the standard is to win a title, but I mean, Ed's only a year and a half removed from winning a title, and they fired him. Yeah. So was that like a red flag? Because Lincoln Riley didn't go. You know, Mel Tucker didn't go. I I, I don't know. I, don't I, know. I just I just got a bad I gut feeling with that fit. I don't know why it is. I think I, like I said, I think he's a great coach. And everybody I've ever talked to that wants to work for him loves working for him. I just I got bad gut feeling on that. I don't I don't think it's a good fit for some reason. 
I could see why the LSU one's better, but I think how they handle Ed is a red flag of like, do they want to go deal with that? I thought that Miami was a red flag of how they handled that. And I have a podcast episode on it. I did not like it. No matter how they handle it, he was always going to go there. No, no, no. No, no, no. I just didn't like how there's no athletic director at the time. Then the reports come out and say, if Chris Ball doesn't come, Coach you know, Diaz, we're going to keep you if he don't come. But if he comes, we're yeah. firing you. I did not like that. No, that, that wasn't handled well. Like, you knew the, where the end, end route was going. Um, I, I was surprised Florida State didn't open. Oh, uh, I know. I was waiting for them to. I just, I, I don't understand why Florida college football programs are struggling in general right now. Um, I guess Florida State's facilities are terrible, so it's. But it's not just them; like it's it, FIU, US, like all of them are like outside of probably Central Florida. I mean, they lose the recruits. Not, they lose all the recruits because you got certain coaches in there that aren't recruiting well. The facilities like, are and terrible, I get, and I get the SEC and the Big Ten are coming down there. And rating it, but you should be able to keep kids in Florida. Well, like Dan Mullen, if he's not recruiting, when he made the comment of like, this isn't recruiting season, this is football season, that yeah. was a red flag. Like, it's, uh, I'm going down it right now. South Florida went 2-10 and 10 this year. Central Florida, so UCF went 8-4, and four, okay? Um, Florida State went 5-7. and seven. Miami went 7-5. and five. Um, where, I'm scrolling down my list. FIU went one and eleven. Florida Atlantic went five and seven. Um, who else am I missing? Uh, SEC. Florida went six and six. I mean, just outside of Central Florida, I mean, they're not having much success across the board statewide. I mean, there's not. I mean. And by and really, be, in all honesty, by a Central Florida standpoint, that's not a good season either. Central no. Florida went back to back ten plus one seasons. Like, so I don't I, I don't know why they're. I mean, you could argue coaching, you could argue recruiting, but in the end, like, there's enough talent in that state. Yeah, I don't know. They got to find a way to keep the recruits. Uh, I don't know. I thought Napier was a good hire, but maybe I should rethink it. Well, I, I think he is a great hire, but I just don't like the fit, and I don't know why. My gut tells me it isn't, and I trust my gut. So, um, well, I don't know. Like, and I, I feel bad for him because I think I think he he, he would have been a great hire at LSU. I think if he would waited for that Oklahoma job to open, I think he would have been great at Oklahoma. I think he would be great at Oregon. Um I think my I think it, I, I think he would fit better at Miami, um, or for I, I really I think I think the best job for him would have been like if Florida State would have opened. Um, I don't know. I just there's my gut says I don't know. I just something seems off. And then we'll see if Clemson can bounce back. He, well, it doesn't help. Like, so they weren't great this year, Mm-mm. and then his staff gets like just rated. So Tony, obviously, you lose your OC or one of them, 
then you lose your DC and your DC takes like five support staff coaches with them. So like analysts to come with them. Like, I don't know if Tony Elliott took anybody with him. I mean, you're talking, you're just losing staff across the board right now. And it's not. Yeah. It took one bad year and they're gone. It took one bad year and they're gone. Well, Tony Elliott's been on the verge of being out for years. I mean, that's, he, he's turned down job and always been convinced to stay. And then um, Venables, you knew if one yeah. Venables really won the Kansas State job a couple years ago because he's a Kansas State alum. Mm-hmm. He didn't get it. But you always knew if Oklahoma opened again, he was going to be the dude. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, he was always destined for that job. So, especially because they're about to go to the SEC. I think he wants that challenge too. I think that was a part of it. Well, that's that, and honestly, I thought a year ago when Texas hired Sarkeesian, that you should, I would have gone straight after um, Venables for the DC job. Uh, no, for the head coaching job. Like, oh yeah. I mean, I've thought for years, like, and and this is where I felt bad for Bud Foster. Like him and Bud Foster, how neither one, how Bud never got the, a job, and I don't know if he ever really wanted one. I I, I never asked Bud that when I interviewed him, but him and Venables were like. You're talking about two of the most premier, not only defensive coordinators, but culture guys in the country, how they don't have jobs yet. When statistically you look at it, who are the most successful coaches across the board? They're defensive coaches. Bill Belichick, Nick Saban, Mike Tomlin. Like, I mean, just uh, Pete Carroll. I mean, Bob Stoops, who won forever, was a defensive coach. Um. So, I mean, Kirby Smart at Georgia. I mean, you're just talking. Am I going to say every defense coach makes you automatically a winner? No, but there's coach after coach who's. It was I mean, Fickle a, a defensive guy? Fickle's a DC. Marcus Freeman just got the head coaching job. He's a defensive guy. Um, trying to go through. Mel Tucker is a defensive guy. Um. Trying to think if there's any other major notable ones off the top of my head. Don't tell me to shut up, but Bielema was too when he was at Wisconsin. Yeah. I mean, Bielema's like both sides. I mean, yeah, Bielema is a defensive guy. Um, yeah, he coaching the league, defense in the league. Um, I mean, Kiffin isn't a defensive guy, but he's the son of one of the greatest defensive coaches to ever live, Monte Kiffin. I mean, I'm really and, glad he stayed at Ole Miss. I'm on the record saying that, yeah, it would have been cool to see him go to LSU just because that's a big-time program. But I want to see him build something. Yeah. So I'm really glad well, he I think, stayed. I, I think the only job he was really going to leave for is Miami if Miami offered him. Oh, yeah. I think if if they came after him, he was gone. I And I, I wouldn't be surprised if Florida State opens in a year if that's who they go after. Yeah. I think I, I think I think they're going to go Dion first at this point because Dion. I mean, you can say what you want about Dion, but Dion's winning, um, and winning matters. Oh, I think he played there too, right? Yep. But he did come out and make a comment about finishing what you started. He's talking about yeah. the transfer portal. He's talking about contracts. You, you say that because you're employed now. You everybody says that. Like whatever. I mean. I'm ready for that Barstool documentary. 
it, it's like it's like it's like Nick Saban saying, "I'm not taking the Alabama job," and then takes the Alabama job. Like or, I mean, you have to, you have to say that publicly. Or Lincoln Riley. I'm just going to tell you right now, yeah. I'm not going to be the head coach at LSU next day at 8 a.m. Which is a factual statement. I it's mean, factual, but the next day at 8 a.m., USC yeah. hires. I mean, it's factual. I mean, at least he was honest. Oh, what a jackass, but yes. I'm just saying he was honest. That's. Did you see the picture of him and his USC polo with his Oklahoma shoes on? Yes. <laughs> hey. It is what it is. Hey, they're sweet jays. Hey, get paid. That's. I mean, I'm all. I, I've said it before. I'm get, get yours while you can. Well, Coach Banster, I told you this came off the rails very quickly. Uh, I always well, I appreciate you coming on. It's been one hour and twenty minutes. Yeah, this is your eighth podcast of the day. I think uh, <laughs> fourth, third or fourth, technically, because I, I had. I had Nate. Uh, I always pronounce his name wrong. Fannis, uh, the linebacker coach at Ohio. Uh, Chandler Tigard, the head coach at Blackman in Tennessee. Um, I had a Stephen staff meeting this morning. I'm going to film a eight man clinic tomorrow. Um, to try to get some might. I mean, our eight man coaches don't get enough content, so I'm going to try to get some stuff for them. Um, and then I'm working on a couple people. Uh, I'm trying to get them on. I have a list of coaches I need to reach out to probably tomorrow. Um, talk to them about trying to come on. Um, I have some heavy hitters on this list that I'm going to try to convince to come on at least talk to me. And we'll see what happens. Um, can I go from there? I locked down somebody. Who did I lock down for next week? to somebody today and I locked them down. Oh yeah. I locked down Sheffer for next week to do a clinic, mini little clinic. Mm, uh, old Sheffy hopping on. Yeah. Well, like I said, I mean, you, you, I mean, there, there's four of us in that little, well, there's technically five if I count myself, but I mean, you four have an open invitation anytime you guys want to come on. I you mean, you guys that. know that. So you anytime want you want to do a clinic or something um, and they don't have to be long. I mean, I got five minute videos on my channel like if you want to know about injuries you mean injury prevention 101 as as we talk, relabeled it in our chat yes i will show you some injuries that you've never seen before and in How rapid time and rapid time mind you injury prevention 101 or to see steve throw his hat on the sideline multiple times we could look at that or put I mean, we back. could do we could do a five minute clinic on the art of throwing hats on the sideline. I don't actually think I threw a hat this year. I think it. Uh, you see more of this. Like what the hell? I I, I am kind of curious. Like if you did a clinic on like sideline gestures and hat throwing and all that, and how many views that would actually get? Oh, if I found my Charleston one, I was when I was young. 20. I'm just I'm just saying I'm curious to see how 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 well that would be perceived. So I think it would do well. Because when I was a 24 year old OC, yeah, I remember taking my hat and throwing it on the field. And one time I about took the hat to throw with the headset on, and I hear, "No, don't throw the headset. It's expensive." 
that's a good idea. I'd have to find it. I'm just saying, I think it would do well. Make it a TikTok. I don't do TikTok. YouTube shorts, that's what needs to happen. Yeah, but nah, I'm good. I think that's you, the new wave, Coach Banster. I think that's how people get views. What, YouTube shorts? Yeah. yeah. That's the new way. Oh. You can have the YouTube shorts. I'll keep by. Hey, the Marvel one got 300 views in a day, and I was very impressed. To some people, 300 is not a lot, but for me, it's enough. Although, I mean, I mean, Bennett's video has 150 so far today. Hey, if you're going to release videos, now is the time. So, we're all on Christmas break. It's the right time. Oh, yeah, I got what? Um, so, to finish out my year... I don't know when this is coming out. When is this coming out? <laughs> it's either going to be tomorrow or Friday, like Thursday or Friday. It's coming out this week. Okay, so the finish up my year. Um, so I'll have two more old man whiteboards. Um, so I think we'll do three three coverages this week, and um, what was the other one? I will tell you specifically. Um, three three run fits. They're just short little things. A buddy of mine who did, who's coached for thirty plus years. We've done like a bunch of. We've done like a weekly release video. It's, we we're on episode like thirty one or thirty two of thirty five. Um, we filmed thirty five episodes. Um, and then we also got John Arnett's podcast on Monday, which I think might be our my best podcast so far. Um, I'm not just saying that because it's the next one. I think it generally is. Really good. And then obviously I had Bennett released today talking buck and double wing. Um, and then next year I'm going I'm we're gonna hit it off um strong. Um with I mean Scott Guillermo talking unbalanced spread, Tyler Manis. Uh, we talk kind of just defense. Uh, who you've had on here, Chandler Tigard's talking tempo and um uh, give me a second. Um analytics. Uh, Nate Fanis, Ohio University's linebacker coach, talking linebacker play. Jesse Saljar talking wide zone. Um, we'll finish up the Old Man Whiteboard series in January. And then we'll have our first true clinic release towards the middle end of January. Uh, Joey Ginn came back on and talked three safety stuff. Um, so, like I said, I'm hitting the year pretty hard to start. I think we had a great group of coaches. Um, now I'm working on my February and March now. Getting Sheffer on, um, Scott Kramer, AJ Nutson, um, Chip Siegel. Uh, work on some eight man videos. Um, and I'm trying to get some triple option practice clinics. Um, I think that's that's a topic I'm really interested in. I tried to get last year that I wasn't able to get, um, but I'm very, yeah. All right, well, if people have made it through this whole episode, they'll know what's coming out now. If they can get through the rambling of what happened earlier. But, all right, well, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, I'll put Coach's 18,000 stuff in the bio that he does to go check it out. Uh, Check out all the affiliates in the description, and we'll see you guys on the next one. This will be out this week. So we'll see you guys next time. (laughs) 